Blog Talk Radio. Janice Tunnell, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Happy Sunday. Um, we are so happy to have you guys on the line with us tonight. I see our guest is on the line. Um, Denise is on the line, and I'm going to bring Denise on um, right now. Good evening, everyone, and thank you guys for joining the show tonight. Uh, very quickly, I will be out on Twitter uh, tweeting um, tonight. Um, responses to tonight's show. If you have any questions, again, you can dial 914-803-4399, or you can tweet them um, on Twitter. Our account is at beauty underscore talk, and we will make sure we get those uh, questions answered for you tonight. But very quickly, just wanted to remind everyone about the Power Group Artistry Intensive Program starting tomorrow, uh, Monday, May 22nd, online. If you're interested, you can um, email Kenya at thepowdergroup.com. TPG Pro members, you can register for $90. Union members as well as PBA members, you can register for $90. Non-members, you can register for $190. Um, the presenter sessions start with at 12 p.m., um, 1.30 p.m., 3 p.m., and 4.30 p.m. Uh, you will have... Mark Fong Tram, Bo Nelson, Ashanta Sharif, and Terry, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Terry Afanasiewicz. So anyway, that's my best shot. So there you go. That's who you'll have tomorrow <laughs> starting at 12 p.m. Um, all the way through uh, 4.30 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time, of course, 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific through 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Again, it's artistry intensive. To register, you can email Kenya at thepowdergroup.com or you can go to the website, thepowdergroup.com, and register, uh, register directly there. All right. Thank you guys for that. And I'm going to bring Mary on, Marietta on now. Um, Marietta needs no special introduction. She's family. Not at all. And all of our listeners <laughs> know her. Hey, Marietta. Hi, good night, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. good. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. How was your Mother's Day? Mother's Day was the best because I'm a grandmommy now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's quite, it's quite exciting. 
it's quite exciting having a little special human being in your life. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. So you you mm-hmm. spent the whole day with with your little grand. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to to watch my mom get to enjoy her great grands. Mhm. You know, so so I just had my grandbaby and my great my niece just had another baby on Mother's Day. Oh wow! So so yeah, she was born on Mother's Day, so that was quite exciting. So that's her third. So my mom is getting to. Really see the generations. So, you know, that's nice. a wonderful thing at her age. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing at her age. So, just so amazing to watch the family expand, you know. Yeah. Grandma is still so old, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's exciting, but it's, like, scary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like a lot of emotions all together, you know. When you're watching, you know, watching your your kid, I'm like, oh my God, he's he's, he's a man. He's making his own decisions. He's not a baby. It's like, wow. Mhm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. Quite remarkable. Mhm. I know it you really know. Is. You guys know. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you, you know, from a little thing, you know. So it's quite remarkable to watch this little person grow up and have a family of his own, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. And I know I say this all the I know I say this all the time, but <laughs> I still have that artwork that I bought from him for twenty five cents. How old was he then? Probably like six years old. <laughs> And now his it's little girl's going to be charging twenty five dollars. <laughs> right, I know. Times have yeah, changed. Six or seven years old. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Hold on, no, you know we worth something. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, really? Well, you know it's already <laughs> curling up on the edges, so. <laughs> I have to try to save it as much as I can. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, we a lot of times when we get questions about, you know, working in this business and, you know, people always say they want to be in this business. And when I learned a little bit about those people who are asking the questions, you know, some of them are married, some of them are married with kids, some of them are single but have kids. So I wanted to um, have you on tonight because I know when you first started in this business, you didn't have any, you didn't have a son. No. And I kind of wanted you to speak a little bit about, you know, what it was like um, just being in the business and, you know, you didn't, I don't think you were married either when you first started, were you? No, no, almost definitely when when I started off in the industry, you know, it was me. I, I was by mm-hmm. myself. I, I could make decisions in the spur of the moment. Um, I didn't have to mm-hmm. think about it. I mean, um, you know, if I got called for something, as long as I was available, I could go. It didn't matter where it was. Right. Because the only person I had to think about was me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, it didn't matter what 
part of the country, out of the country. None of that matters. Yeah. You know, or how long I was going to be gone for. Mm-hmm. You know, and none of it mattered. You know, because the only person I had to take into consideration was myself. Yeah. And then it changed. <laughs> and then it changed. How long were and you in the business changed. before it changed? Oh, my gosh. Um, for several years, actually. I mean, I was in the probably, uh, let's look, I mean, from 1983 until 1991, every decision I made had nothing to do with anybody else but myself. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, once I did Malcolm X and I met my future husband, then I started... I mean, the last big trip that I took was going to Egypt on Malcolm X before okay. I took somebody else's feelings into consideration. Right. And that was around 1990, 1990, 1991, somewhere around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After yeah. that, I started to take um, my, my boyfriend, husband, fiancé, um, all the above. <laughs> feelings into consideration wherever I was going, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that wasn't so bad because, you know, we could travel back and forth. Well, I didn't really travel back and forth. He did. Right. So wherever I was on location, he came too. But we didn't have a kid yet. Right. And it didn't really matter, you know? Yeah. Because once he had a moment, he flew out to see me for a week or two or whatever it was. And that was fine because, you know, location back then was location. You know, yeah. there was no such thing as a 20-day 20, 20 20 movies or anything like that. <laughs> right. I mean, you went, when you, you went on location, it was a minimum. Huh? I said when you were, th- when you were on location, you were there. Yeah, you were there, and you were there usually anywhere from two to six months. Right. Right. You were there, you know, um, so so – it, it didn't, it didn't, so, you know, fortunately, my, my my husband had the flexibility to, to juggle, you know, because he was a salesperson, so he could juggle his own schedule. Okay. Right. So he could come out and see me and, you know, and then go back and, you know, fly in, spend three, four days, and then fly back out. Right. So, so that made it, that made it easier. For, for us to, to maintain our relationship. And, you know, then once I got pregnant, that was a different story. Right. When I got pregnant, I was working in Los Angeles. So I was on one movie for four months, and halfway through that movie, actually more than halfway through that movie is when I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then I had, like, maybe a couple of weeks off. And I started another movie, but this time I was now like 10, 12 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. And I oh, started wow. That, and we were shooting nights. So I did the second movie, four months, nights. Wow. So how was that? Because, I mean, you know, I guess... Initially, I'm thinking we're talking to you about actually having a kid 
and being in the industry, but now just listening to you talk about, you know, early on and being pregnant while you're, while you're working on these shows on location, like what was that like physically trying to do that? Because like you said, these, these movies weren't like, you know, 30 days, they weren't two months. They were like, you know, four to nine months. So how was that, you know, knowing that you're pregnant and, and, you know, and you're working on location, what was that like? Well, you know what? I, I was I was in Los Angeles. I actually wasn't away. I was in Los Angeles. I, I started off on Dangerous Minds, a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, who was actually mm-hmm. also pregnant at the same time. And, um, and I didn't know I was pregnant when I was on that show, but I just knew that I came to work and I was exhausted, you know, mm. being at work to get all these kids ready. And they had so many kids in that movie to get them ready before the sun came up. So you're leaving home at four o'clock in the morning, and by the time you get, by the time I was finished with all of these kids, and there was so many kids because every kid was a lead, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So by the time I was done with them, I just knew that I passed out in the trailer, and my 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 key was on set, and they couldn't find me because I was asleep in the trailer, <laughs> and I just didn't even know what was wrong with me, and. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. But I was, like, passed out. And then I finally real found out, you know, that I was pregnant. And, you know, my doctor said, you know, working the hours you're working, if you weren't doing it already, I would stop you from working. But, you know, I, I finished that home with you and then had two weeks off. And then I tried to camouflage myself when I had an interview for the next movie. And as soon as I walked through the door, it was a producer I had worked with before. He said, oh, my God, you look so rosy. You must be pregnant. And I was like, there goes my camouflage right out first. Like, I mean, it wasn't even five minutes. It wasn't even five minutes. I'm walking into his office, and he immediately said, oh, my God, you must be pregnant. I was like, wow. That, that, I, actually, that blew my mind. And, when it, and that was just to do Angela Bassett for Strange Days. Four months okay. in So it was just to do her. So by the time that movie was getting ready to finish, I was wobbling like a duck. I had the Prego shuffle, and they were pushing <laughs> me and my big belly into the follow van. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I would do Angie's makeup, and literally, they was, I have so many pictures of me on set asleep because not that I wanted to go to sleep, but I just fell asleep. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, 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 I tell you, it was, it was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. But, but, but you know, I was doing that with, with Robert and I. Well, Robert Louis Stevenson and I were working on Angela. So, so Robert kept a close eye on me because, again, it was mm-hmm. nice. That's not normal, you know? Right, right. That's And the hours that we work and stuff, again, my doctor was very concerned. He said, but if you hadn't been, if I yeah, hadn't been doing this, as long as I had, he would have stopped me from working because, you know, I was considered an overage mom. So I was mm-hmm. 36. And, um, and I had to oh, have wow. amniocentesis. <laughs> yeah, I had to have amniocentesis and stuff. So, so you know, that's, you know, my first pregnancy. You know, so that sets up all sorts of scenarios for it not being a safe pregnancy, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but it was, right. it was quite uneventful. The most I had was Braxton Hicks when I was doing Angela's makeup, and the entire makeup trailer went into panic. They were about to call 911 <laughs> and the ambulance and everybody they could think of. 
And um, and I was like, no, it's okay. I just have Braxton contractions. And they were like, they called my husband, and it was just panic all over. <laughs> you know, and and that, that that was absolutely crazy. But but I think I, I had a pretty uneventful pregnancy, and everybody looked out for me, you know. Um, yeah. And stuff. And we finished. I finished. I I I, I then movie stopped like just like about three weeks before I delivered. Ooh. Oh wow! Yeah, so I I, I, was I, I, if you I worked all the way up to the day. I worked, I worked all the way up, yeah, and and nights, you know, go to my husband would drive me. The one thing that he did was because you know he drove me to work at about three o'clock and then came and picked me up at about six thirty seven o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Yeah. So so wow. so. You know it, it. You know it. It, it was a partnership. Yeah. yeah, and then once the baby was born, it took a minute before I went back to work. You know, he was born in November. I think my first job back was like right after the year started. Mm-hmm. You know, I went that's into no couple time. <laughs> huh? That, that's no time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I went into cover for a friend of mine. I went to cover for my, my friend. And, and the first thing that was on, I was on live, in living living singles, mm-hmm. and and you know and the, the trials of being a new mom. I forgot my breast pump at home. <laughs> Gosh, when well, I went to work, and they breast, had kids in the second. Speaking of day. breast pump, speaking of <laughs> breast pump, what was it like being on set and and pumping? Was it? Did you have a oh, yeah. private area that you could go Wait, to, I, or how I did forgot, how did the people on set handle it? Wait a minute. The first day back, I forgot the pump at home. <laughs> and we had kids on the set. My, my milk came in like a Mabel the cow. I was, like, so engorged, and I didn't know what to do. Oh, I, my God. Oh, my God. I was, I remember distinctly going to the, the bathroom. I was crying hysterically and laughing. All at the same time, <laughs> I, was, I was an absolute wreck because I was so sensitive. My hormones were all over the place, and one of the actors weren't very nice to me. He was really mean, actually. Oh wow! So I was there. I was very, very emotional. So it was tough, and I didn't know what to do because I was leaking everywhere. And I just yeah. remember squeezing my breast, and the milk was flying all over the place. But I, I had to relieve myself. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and you know, and you know. Thank God it was a sitcom, so the hours weren't as bad. Right. Yeah. As if, as if I was on a film, you know. And when I got yeah. home, my husband was like, he was frantic because the baby was crying all day. He he got a chance to see that it wasn't that easy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he apologized profusely. And he said, I would never judge you again because he couldn't understand why I couldn't get anything done. <laughs> and he didn't understand that breastfeeding was a job unto itself. So in addition to all the things that we do and make them look so simple as moms, that yeah. was a whole other separate job. And and it dawned on him, oh, wait a minute, I'm too judgmental. This is not as easy as I thought it would be. Right. I don't know how right. you do it. And he he broke down. He apologized profusely. And wow. he realized oh, wow. this is this is a partnership. This this we need to pl- make a plan to get through this together. Yeah, 
and you know now now nowadays nowadays they have um they have those pumps that you could wear right under your your shirt and and yeah. nobody would ever really know. I mean they they kind of vibrate a little bit, but other than that, nobody would really know. And you could, I mean I've had actresses sit in my seat and pump while I'm doing their makeup, and you know it nobody really knows, and you're not. You're not interfering with anything, and I've and I've right. Um, you have the conveniences and stuff. My first real job after that, because that was a, a very short stint. But then, when my kid was three months old, I got a frantic phone call on a Wednesday morning from my girlfriend Ronnie Spector, who was in Miami doing Cindy Crawford's makeup, and she was normally Michelle Pfeiffer's makeup artist. And she called me. She thought, I, I will never forget because it was like six thirty that morning, and she called. She said. Carter, because that's what she called me. She said, you got to come down to Florida and do Cindy's makeup for me. I got to get back to L.A. and do Michelle for a movie. And um, so that was a Wednesday. The Friday morning, I was on Carnival Airlines first class to Miami with the baby in tow and husband. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had one and a half days to pack for two months to get to Florida to do somebody while I was breastfeeding my baby. I didn't have a nanny, so my husband said, he'll come and take care of the baby. And I literally got off the plane. They drove me straight to the set, and they drove my husband and baby to the hotel. Wow. But at least you had that, because think of the working makeup artists or hairstylists now who are single moms. You know what I mean? (laughs) They may not have that luxury. I mean, some, some of them do have you know, a network of people that they can depend on. But, you know, there are some out there who, who just don't, and it's it's really hard. It's very difficult. You, you know, we didn't have a nanny then, so my husband really helped. But Cindy Crawford, God bless us, she was just an amazing human being for me to experience this with because I explained to her when I got to, to the, see her that morning, I you know, that afternoon when we arrived in Miami, I said, I am a lactating mom. I said, so I will have to pump. So I was only doing her so that made it a lot easier. So my pump, and that's one of those back then, you know, you rented that big pump, that big old hospital (laughs) pump. And that was a huge, huge thing. Nothing like the discreet things they have today. And Mm -hmm. that pump was right next to my makeup. Mm. And she allowed me to pump, and I put the milk in the refrigerator, and I would send it back to the hotel by the Teamsters. Wow. And my husband would bring the baby at lunchtime, whatever lunchtime was, so that I could breastfeed him at lunchtime. Right. Oh, no. And take whatever milk that morning, and then in the evening time, I would send the milk back by the Teamsters. Wow. Well, let me me ask you, so what was it like? What was it like um, breastfeeding on set? How, you know, were you able to get away to somewhere private? Did people make a big deal of it? What was it like for you? You know what? I didn't make a big deal out of it, so nobody made a big deal out of it. Gotcha. I okay, but let me, ask, let me ask you this, because I've, I've had a situation where I hired a makeup artist as an additional and if I'm not mistaken, she may have been like the only additional. And um, you know, when we would look for her, she was never around. You could never find her. And what we found out was, well, what she told us was that she was pumping. 
Now, I don't know mm-hmm. how true that how true that was because I never saw evidence of that, but she she claimed she was pumping. And so I'm just I'm just curious as to like Denise was asking about, you know, did anybody make a big deal of it? Did, you know, or anything like that? And you're saying you didn't make a big deal of it, so nobody else made a big deal of it. But it seems to me because you were just working on that one actor that you were always present. Like, you know, you you know, your actors understood yeah, what you I was, had to I was, do. I was, I was present and I and I I pumped. I pumped when my when I got engorged, I mean, I and sometimes I was doing her makeup and pumping. Wow. But you've already had that conversation with her, so it, was it wasn't going to be an issue. It wasn't Yeah. You wasn't. have you have to be up front. I mean, unless the person you're working with is a dumb right jackass. Right. You know? <laughs> right. You have to be able You can't hide. I mean, you're leaking all over the place half the time and stuff. Your hormones are whacked out. But you're see, I think, I think the, young lady, the young lady that I'm speaking of, I think she thought that she wouldn't get hired if she told people that she, you know, had to come. And, and I, I can think understand she thought that was because... Even when I went for my interview, I was so nervous because people had this thing about women. It's not a disease. It's part of life. Right. And, and you, you have, you, you, you know, you, you can't be, a, you, you just have to take the chance, you yeah. know, and, and, and you can't, and, and you hope that that person you're working with would embrace it, you know. You, you, you can't hide it. I mean, it's just. It's just part of life, and now there's so many different things, so many different aids you have to help you. I mean, even if you had to step out to your car for 15, 20 minutes to nurse your baby, you know, I, I would be up front with whoever I'm working with and said, you know, I am a lactating mom, and sometimes my, my partner, my husband, whatever, might have to bring the baby so I can nurse, just so I can, you know, release myself, and or I might have to slip off. For 15, 20 minutes to pump. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be upfront with you. I'm letting you know this. I, I, I think that that's totally fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I definitely I mean, don't I, think you, you should hide it because that's, I mean, because the thing is, at the end of the day, the job still needs to get done. So if you can't do it, somebody else needs to be able to do it. So it's always best to be upfront. Yeah. I, I think you should be upfront. I think if you're having, you know, it's the same with if you had a a a a a a broken foot that was healing. You can mm-hmm. come in and do the makeup, and then you you say, you know, I can't cover the set, but I can get them right. done. You know, right? Yep. Because our job is based our insurance, our pension, our health and welfare, every single thing, our unemployment, everything is tied to our job. So you can't get around it. Yeah. So so I think it's important for us as department heads to to have that give and take to help people who are in these kinds of situations. Yeah. And it's important for us to be honest and upfront. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I mean it's the same if you're a caregiver of any kind, taking care of an elderly person or Taking care of a brand new baby, it's the same thing. You need to get your hours in, but you can't stay. You can do eight and skate. So give me the stuff that requires me to, you know, 
do work in the trailer, do work that's gonna that's not gonna take me on set so I can get the work in that you need done, but that's gonna still give me the eight hours that I need. Right. You know? Right. You you can you know, like Ooh. funnel the people to me. Let me. you know, let somebody else watch the set. Funnel the people to me. Let me get them done. Right. And stuff. I, I think I think it requires open conversation. You can't you can't be afraid to lose the job. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only way you're gonna get the job is by being you know what I mean by being upfront. Yeah. 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 I had I had a, I had a, say it. Sorry. I had a. No, I was saying I had a. I hired a girl to day play who was breastfeeding. I didn't know at first. Um, she didn't say anything at first. Um, it was a busy time on set, and we couldn't find her. And um, mm. when we did find her, she did speak up and say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm breastfeeding. I had to go pump. And I was like, you know what? I said, I understand, and that's fine. I said, but when you leave to go pump, please let someone know what yes. you're doing. That's all, that's all I ask. Yes. And it'll and it'll be fine, <laughs> you know, because just like you said, it's a part of life. We get it. We understand that you have to do it. Um, just let somebody know that you're leaving to go pump, so that way, you know, we can do something different in the department, so we can make sure we still have coverage, you know. But just, right. just you have to be. You I, have I to communicate. People, people are scared. People are scared that you will scorn them. They're scared that you'll say something. And, and and they're afraid to sit it because let's face it, the workplace has not been embracing of pregnant women or lactating women. Even the public is not embracing of lactating women. This culture we have is not embracing of lactating women. Yeah, you know, it, it it just isn't. People scorn when they see a woman out breastfeeding their baby. Yeah. It's sad, you know, it's sad so, because everybody needs to make a living. So it's it's sad that we are that way. Yeah, it's it's very it's very it's debilitating actually, you know. And it, it it's it, it's we were just walking yesterday, and, and there was a young lady with a, a one month old, I think, two month old, no, a little bit, no, three month old, and it was so beautiful to see her just walking and breastfeeding her kid. Yeah. It wasn't repulsive, or you know what I mean. It it just was a, just a beautiful thing, and she wasn't like covered up like from head to toe or anything like that. She was just gently walking with that baby. And I don't even think most people realize it. <laughs> you know, it be, because we make it so unnatural. Yeah, we do. We make it unnatural and uncomfortable. You know, and, and stuff, and, and and it should not be because, again, our everything about what we do in work is tied to our work. All the insurance, mm-hmm. everything. So if that mom can't get those eight hours, that's gonna affect her insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And it's gonna affect her whole family. So, so we, you know, we we have to be as accommodating as we possibly can be, 
with with, exactly. with with new moms and stuff, you know, and 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 help them through help them through the process. I mean, I really do. I, I think it's so important, you know. You know, yeah, if my husband wasn't there, especially, especially the ones that don't have a support system. That's a tough one right. when they don't. When you, you, you need you need a village, really, especially when you work. Yeah, you really, really do. You you need a village. You can you you need a village. You you need a village. If you don't have any friends, go find some. If you can't find some, buy some. Um, <laughs> you need a village. <laughs> you need a village. You have you know I mean, you know, really. After I had after I had my kid, um, my husband was very very helpful. He was, you know, real hands on dad and stuff. But then, I did Cindy for two months. But so he came to help me for those two months. But then when we got back to L.A., I started working with Samuel L. Jackson right away. So then I really mm-hmm. needed a nanny. And I, I, mm-hmm. I had I had a nanny. Um, we started, and then when I was going on location, that nanny was pregnant, so she couldn't go on location with me. Oh, so wow. So then I had to find somebody who I could take on location. And location, I was gone for four months, you know, to Mississippi. Wow. Well, you know what, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, so let's talk about that. You're, you're, now you're doing a lot of films on location, in the country, out of the country. What was it like then with your young son? Um, I, I know you said you had a nanny, but what was it like preparing to go away for a period of time away from L.A. with a young son? Um, when we went to Mississippi, it was tough. Um, it was really, really tough. I, I hired a new nanny. Um, I had to train her. And one of the things that, you know, you, you just can't, obviously she had to live in because we're going to Mississippi. So she was with me for four months. So um, before I took her away, I sent her to CPR training classes because I'm going to be gone all day. So I sent her to CPR training classes at the Red Cross. Um, I I um I took her to my own doctor, and I spent I spent over two thousand dollars having her tested because she was sleeping in my house. Oh wow! So I had her tested. Oh yeah, I, I had her tested for everything you could think of, and then the ones that I couldn't think of, my doctor added. So, so I spent a lot of money. Huh? I was laughing. I was like, "You said what he did, what you didn't think of, he thought of." Yeah. So I had every test you could possibly think of done because she's living in my house, and and you know, and I, you know, and I'm very particular. So I made sure I took a photograph of her because if my kid was missing, I'm not going to describe. I'm like, no, this is what she looks like. You know, I'm not going to try to draw a description. I got a photo. Right. That's right. You know, um, I took a picture of her passport. I took a picture of her driver's license. I took a picture of her Social Security. I took a picture of everything she had that I could take a picture of. When I hired her, I went to see where she lived because I wasn't trying to figure out any guessing games. I need to know where her family lives. Um, you know, I mean, those things were very, very important to me. And I wanted to know what kind of, she had a boyfriend, you know, and stuff. Because, again, this is the person who was living in my house. 
Right. So I, I have to be very aware of, of all of those things, you know. Um, and I, I had a million and one questions. I asked a lot of questions, and um, and I made sure I trained her how I wanted with the things that I wanted and things that were important to me. You know, Um, and then from production, you know, I always wanted to make sure with production, it's like, what's the closest hospital with pediatric facilities? Because, you know, now you could Google those things. Now, back then I couldn't, so I would always find out from production the closest hospital with pediatric facilities because not not all hospitals have pediatric facilities in the emergency room. So... I needed to know where all of those things were. Where was the library, you know, the poison control center. I made sure that I did all the thinking for her. I made a list of every single person in my family, all their numbers, and wherever there was a phone in my house, that list was posted. The doctor, the pediatrician, poison control center, um, my mom and dad, my husband, my all the physicians in my family, everybody, pediatrician, everybody was there. She didn't have to think about a number. All the taxi numbers, you know, that how long it took a taxi to get to the apartment, all of those things, production number, every single thing I had written down. It was all on a master list. And traveling with my kids, I always had a permission letter from my husband to travel with my kids because, again, going out of the country, you can't travel out of the country one parent without a permission letter from the other parent that's documented, that's notarized. So I always had a, I always kept a notarized letter in my, with my passport and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I wow. stayed prepared. I did all the thinking for them. I, I you know, I, I created. Whatever was necessary, I created to make her job as easy as possible. Right. So how was it whenever you got to where you were going and you're on set, your child is with the with the nanny, um, the things always just oh, work out fine? <laughs> what? I said, did things always just work out fine? You know, you put everything in place. The nanny was with your child while you were working on set. Yeah. Yes, usually, you know what, I I must say that we were fortunate. Um, My husband would always come and help me set up for the first week or so, and then it was just Mm -hmm. her and the baby. And um, usually on Fridays, um, I would bring the baby, her and the baby to the set half day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would bring the baby to the set half day um, and stuff. you know, it was tough because I would every, you know, I would always take a break and call, mm-hmm. call her to see how things were going, you know, and, and stuff. Well, you know, and I had always had a days, schedule. And back in those days, it was a lot easier to have visitors on set. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We didn't have COVID. We didn't have any of these things. But you yeah. know, I I was fortunate in that I had, you know, God rest his soul, Joel. Schumacher, he was so wonderful. Joel Schumacher was the kind of director who would come in the trailer every, I was doing the Time to Kill in Mississippi, and he would come in the trailer every morning, and he spoke to all of us, and 
he and I, he blew my mind when he knew my baby's name and the nanny's name, and he was to make sure that a driver goes and gets them on Friday so that you can have lunch with your family. Very family-oriented. Very family-oriented. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. So I would send a teamster to the apartment to pick them up every Friday for lunch. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what? When and you, when, when you I... Said... Hmm? I, was, I was just going to say, when you said that, it just made me think about, you know, okay, you had a young child and you, you put all these things in place. But when you sit and you think about it, there's a lot of people on set who um, are away from their families. And, you know, they may not yeah. have, you know, three-month-olds or what have you. You know, their kids could be 10, but they're spending months away from their families not being able to see their kids. I feel like you would think, just like the director, there would be a lot of people who are understanding of, you know, the women being there, you know, with their babies, whether they're breastfeeding or just bringing them on the, you know, on the trip with them all together. I feel like I would think that a lot of people would be more understanding um, of those situations because they, too, are away from their family, regardless of the age of the child. You know, I wish they would, too, because, you know, at least, like, once every couple of weeks, have the families do a special family lunch or something. You know what I mean? Right, Because exactly. people don't get to see their, their kids or anything. And when you go on location, it is so hard. It is so hard going on location. And and I remember negotiating with the producer, and I said to him, I said, look, if this movie is going, if we're on location more than two weeks, let's talk about my family because I'm not going to be gone for two weeks without seeing my kid. That's the longest I can go. I said, so if it's going to be more than two weeks, he said, it's two weeks and three days. Let's talk about your family. I said, there's no compromise there. And I said, um, you know, a movie that was supposed to be finished in two two and a half weeks on location and then moved back to L.A., it extended for almost six weeks on location. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I said, no, no, no. I said, two weeks. I said, let's talk about my baby and my nanny. I said, I, I got to get a hotel room that's a suite. I, I said, I can't work 16, 17 hours and then come home to a screaming baby. I said, we got to have some separation here. But my baby and my nanny, I have to bring them on the road with me. I said, that's not even a discussion if we're going to be gone that long. It's not a discussion. That's right. Wow. And you can't so how, be afraid how, to say those things. Huh? I said, you can't be afraid to say those things either. Oh, at that point, I didn't care. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I went to Canada for six months, starting in the yeah. middle of the winter, you know? January, mm-hmm. January 2nd, to be specific, really. And I I, I mean, I, I said to them, I said, I got to find a nanny. And my nanny said, oh, no, I'm not going to Canada with you. That's too cold. So I had to find a new nanny, and I hired a nanny over the phone as a recommendation oh, wow. from a person I from a person from another person from another person. And, um, yeah, I could have hired a hand that rocked the cradle. 
so so I, I drilled her on the phone, drilled her, drilled her. Then I had references, and I called her references, everything. Wow. You know, that was tough out of the country. It was very, very tough. Yeah. Trying to hire somebody out of the country, you know. Um, and then when I came back, no, I, I then I had to hire another person who was with me. She lived with me for like three and a half years. I had to hire another person. I flew her in from New York. So so how oh, wow. was that? How how was that, you know, as your kids started to get older, you know, were, did things get harder or did things get easier um, for you? I mean, I know you had, had nannies along the way, but how was that? I mean, now that your your child is like four or five and, and you know, and you're and, – you know, you're still working. Did it make it easier that I your child working. was older? You stopped working. No, I stopped, I, I stopped working because it was too oh. hard. When my kids started school, I missed his first day of school. And um, I was on the seventh negotiator. And um, and, and I, I just, it just, I, I hit burnout. I was burnt out because I was working back to back to back. I worked, I worked three and a half years nonstop with no breaks, nonstop. Two movies at a time, two movies simultaneously. I mean, it, it just it, it it just was it was insane. I I don't think I had time for postpartum depression. So what I might have been wow. going through was postpartum depression when I hit burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I never had a chance to breathe. It was pack, repack, pack, repack, pack, repack with the baby. When I look back upon it, I don't think I had a chance to breathe. And it was tough. And um, and I didn't want to see a movie set. I did not want to see a movie set. Wow. It was, it was really, really, and I couldn't explain it to anybody, but now looking back. I'm thinking that's probably what it was. It was very, 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 very difficult. Um, very difficult, and I, I just, I just had to take a breather. I had to take a breather because I just, I would not function. And you know, and it, probably a combination of burnout and postpartum, <laughs> delayed postpartum. <laughs> And I know that wow. when I worked, I worked with Marie Osmond, and and you know Marie had a, a major breakdown with postpartum. Oh wow! And stuff, and I, I started, and I started to see it when I was working with her. It was so difficult. It was it was she had like three babies in diapers simultaneously, and it was hmm. and it was difficult. I was juggling in the room with her, juggling the morning juggle. Oh. Absolutely insane, absolutely insane, and stuff. So, so I, I recognize, I recognize those things now that I look back, and um, and you know, the biggest thing is in trying to find that balance. You have to be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. and a lot of us are so afraid that if we ask for help, we think it's a failure, and it's not mm-hmm. a failure. You need the help. You need the support from wherever you can get it from. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we, we yeah. equate asking for help 
it's failure, and it's not failure. It's it, it's it's really it's really something that that you need because some, sometimes you don't even understand your own emotions. First of all, you know, yeah. but it, you gotta realize it's okay to ask for help. And, and I think people have to be honest with whoever's hiring them. And and mm-hmm. we. As a as a body as a unit have to to be more receptive and more inviting to new parents. Sure. It, it, you know, and, and we as new parents have to be honest and and you know you hope that the person is considered enough to to give you the leverage so that you can function, you know what I mean? But but you you got to be honest and up front. You can't be sneaking around a movie set trying to, to feed a baby or trying to breastfeed. To, to, to <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> That's not the place to do it. You yeah, just gotta exactly. Be up front. You, you just got to be up front. You know, and a lot of times if you're working background, where are you going to come? Right. Yeah. Right. At the time, the environment's not conducive to that. So you no. might need to ask the, the the department head. Hey, you think I have a, a minute that I can come in the trail and pump? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is there a little corner that I can go into or something? You know? Yeah. Or or mm-hmm. even even in the honey wagon, if, if you know, if, if the teams are going to let you go on the honey wagons and pump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Find your room. Because sometimes, huh? So they can find you one of those honey wagon rooms that's empty. Yeah, you you know, Mm -hmm. but but that conversation, that dialogue, can only happen if you're honest with the department head who hires you. That's right. That's right. Because then that person can look out for you. And not just that, but give the department head the opportunity to decide. And, I mean, I hate to even say this, but give them the opportunity to decide whether or not they want to bring you on. If if that if they're exactly. going to be the only, the only person, let's say, in background, because you only have, like, 15, 20 people, right. you know, right. but if you're going to be away pumping and, and nobody can find you, then, you know, you need to give them the opportunity to say, okay, this may not work this time. You know, if it's a situation right. where I have, like, five or more people or, you know, three or more people, then it's okay for you to, you know, to get away and to be able to do that. But you got to let them know ahead of time. It's just it's not fair to the, to the team. Definitely. Most definitely. And, and, and you have to let them know because, God forbid, anything happens to your baby while you're working. Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. because those emergencies – <laughs> emergencies. You, you, you don't wake up in the morning and know a list of things that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just don't. I mean, I was fortunate mm-hmm. when I was when I was in, when I went to Canada. The first thing I did was found out how close is my townhouse to Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. How long will it take for me to get there? How long will it take a cab to get to my apartment and then get to Children's Hospital? You know what I mean? Right. Right. My kid, my kid had croup in Canada. Yeah. And when you don't know croup, to me it is like 
the thing that any parent, not knowing what it is, will pass out because the kid sounds like a dog barking. <laughs> that, that's what creep sounds like. And I did not know. I was like, what is wrong with my child? <laughs> and, you know, fortunately, my oldest brother is a physician. I called him. I said, what is wrong with this kid? And he said, does he sound like a dog barking? I said, yeah. It was mm-hmm. true. And when I got him to the hospital, to the emergency room, they said, it sounds worse to you than what he's actually feeling. Mm. You know, and, and the remedy was to, you know, take a, take a brisk walk around the, the block before he went to bed. Keep the window open so that he could get fresh air. We're talking in the middle of winter in Toronto, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, made all the, that made all the difference in the world. That's what croup is. Wow. You know, so, but, but, but I also sent that nanny in Toronto to CPR training classes. Wow. Oh, I would not leave a newborn, a, a young kid with somebody who doesn't have CPR training. You, you have to. That's so, I mean, I took it up with me to, to send her to CPR training. I got her whole medical history, everything, mm-hmm. everything. I am overly prepared when it comes to stuff like that. A lot of people probably don't think like that, but they should. You have to. Yeah, you do. You have to do the thinking to the person. Yeah. Every number. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I said every number that you can think of, you need to put where it's readily available. It doesn't matter if they have a phone or not. Even with a cell phone, you still have to put those numbers there so that they're readily available. They don't have to think about who do I call in the event of an emergency. Yeah, exactly. They need to know that information. Yeah. They need to know the pediatrician's number. They need to know how to reach you. They need to know production number just in case they can't reach you on set. The production is a steady place. They need to know how to reach you through production. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. And you you have to give them those instructions that you're not waiting to call production to see where I am. You call 911 first. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, exactly. You're, you have to, that's why, that's you why have you're the nanny. Have, <laughs> yeah, you have to have all of those things up front first. Oh, my God, you have you have to. Yeah. So let, it, let me it, ask it, you. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, continue. No, I was going to say, let me ask you this question. Um, what advice would you give to mothers in the industry um, working with children, whether they're single mothers, whether they have, you know, husbands, partners? You know, what advice would you give them as far as, you know, being a working mom in, in this industry? And um, and and just how how they can be present in their kids' lives, you know, because you know, with them working so many hours, how how can they be present in their um, in their kids' lives? But just advice first, well, you know, just for someone working in this industry. Well, you know, kids like routine. So if, even if you're on set, 
you got to set that timer so that you know, and whoever hires you knows that at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you're going to go read your kid that story, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be that you do, whatever scenarios you set up, you know, you have to be consistent with that. That bedtime story, that whatever it may be, you know, you, you have to be consistent with that to create a consistent presence in that child's life. Yeah. So every day, regardless of what you're doing, you got to know that you got to sneak away for that 10, 15, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Right. To be able to do that. You know, now with COVID, you can't bring your kid to the set. I mean, there's a whole other set of challenges. That um that is very difficult. Yeah. To work with, so so you've got to make sure that your village supports you. Right. You have exactly. to. You have. You have when you work in this business, you have to find that village that's going to support you, that family member who can be there for you, that yeah, that's friend important. who can be there for you. If it's not your partner, that friend, if you're a single person, that's somebody that you can call on that can be there for you. And if you don't have that person, you need to find that person. Absolutely. Because you you can't do it alone. You need that village. Definitely. You 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 need somebody, you know, that maybe there's a cousin that needs help that you can bring into living with you or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody in your family that's not doing as well off that you can, you know, because the jobs that we get put us in a position where we can make more money than the average person. Right. So, so, so maybe there's that cousin that needs help, you know what I mean? That can Mm -hmm. give you a couple of extra hands that you can pass a couple of extra bucks to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it, 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 I, I don't know any other way around it. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. You, you, need, you need to let somebody know you need help. You have to. Yeah. It's not you suffer in silence. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that that's the best advice I need. You know, if you don't have any friends, find some. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I know real. it sounds crazy, but, but it, it's, it's very true. It's real. You, you you can't suffer in silence. That that that's just the death of you and the death of your child. You need. We we all need help at some point. You know, and and, and I'm so glad now that you know, like, like you know, my 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 son is blessed to be with a company that's really great, I mean, because he's got paternity leave. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's and awesome. It's so, it's so needed because you didn't get the job by yourself. Somebody helped you get it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the gone, gone, to me, gone are the days of just, you know, it's not a woman's job just to rear a child. It's, it's the parent's job to rear a child. It's a it's a partnership. It's you know, 
If I'm feeding you, change the diapers. You know what I mean? It, it, it's you got to be hands-on. you got to be in there, you know? So you, true. Just, you just have to. You just, ha- you just have to. I mean, I, I was blessed with somebody who, you know, who was there, who changed the diapers, who helped me along the way. Because you, you, you need it. You, you, you have to have it. It is so it is so necessary, and you know and, and I say, stop whatever you're doing. Cause I I watched my brother who who whatever he was doing, his kid was in Florida, and whatever he was doing, he stopped, and that time was devoted, and he works on set just like I do, you know, mm-hmm. like we do, and he stopped, and he would read. He read the Bible to his kid every day, and he did homework with his kid when his kid started school every single day. He never missed the time, and he's on the West Coast, and his kid was on the East Coast. Oh, wow. Every single day. He had, and I told him, I said, God put distance between you two because it made you a better father. Because if you were in the room with him, you probably would never have stopped and devoted this kind of time to him. But you stopped, and no matter what you had to do, wherever you were in the world, you met that time difference in Florida and read Mm -hmm. that Bible to him every single night and did homework with him every single day, no matter what. Never missed a day. Never wow. missed a day. So, That's amazing. So it, That's amazing. It, it is that every time I think about that, it blows my mind because the presence that he had in his kid's life surpassed the physical presence if he was in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. So it's up to you to figure out how you're gonna make it work. Yeah. Because it's doable. You just gotta sit down, and figure out. And ask God for some guidance on how you're going to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on that note, <laughs> I mean, I think we can end right there. Like, I mean, that's it. I mean, you, you, you yeah. have to seek guidance. And like you said, and you have to ask for help. Yep. The biggest only way you're going to make it is not reaching out for help. And being upfront, you have to be upfront with whoever is giving you that that job. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. have to be. You have to be. It's it's it's. Oh my God! It, it it's that's the difference between you being a sperm donor or or an egg carrier. And you being the parent, you hear me? Mm-hmm. Because you have, you have to find the way. You have to make the way. Kids don't ask to come into this world by themselves. So you, you have to, you have to be the exception. You have to be upfront. You have nobody faults you for asking for permission to take care of their child. Yeah, you know. I mean, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. Wow. And now you have so many more resources at your fingertips that I didn't have. You know, you have so much stuff at your fingertips. You got the cameras you set up in the room that you're going to look at on your cell phone. You got so much stuff, you know? Yeah. You have so much stuff. You got phones that do so much, and you know? I mean, even if, if you're working nights, you can read your kid a bedtime story before they go to bed. Yeah. You know? You, you, I learned, and I'm going to let you go after this, I learned that as you bring children into your lives, it's okay to shift your priorities in this industry. Mm-hmm. Mm. I that was that. the hardest thing. You, I, I learned how to shift my priorities. I never stopped doing makeup. I worked for Lancom for two years so I could be at my kids. Attend my, the functions that my kid was having at school. I worked behind the counter two years here in Florida. I freelanced just so I could be part of my kid's life. So your priorities, it's okay to give yourself permission to shift your priorities. The industry ain't going nowhere, trust me. Nowhere. How- how old was he when you moved to Florida? Nine years old. Nine. And I worked, I worked Lancome. I did whatever I had to do. And my boss would let me off so I could attend his school functions. After I missed his first day of school, I was not going to be missing any more functions after that because there are no repeat buttons, you know. When you miss them, they're over. That's it. They're gone. That's true. So I was not going to be missing out on his life. I had kids, you know, I had one. I didn't have a chance to have a second one. So I wanted to make sure I was a part of his life. So it's okay. Give yourself permission to shift your priorities around. That's a good message right there. Yeah. That's how you create balance. Absolutely. I love this conversation, Marietta. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Thank I don't you, think because it made me will, think of what that means. Yeah. That I had forgotten about. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, for those who are out there listening who don't have kids but want kids, you know, I feel like... These are some great things they could start thinking about now, um, you know, so they they can have an idea of how they would move forward once they do have kids. Because for some people it's going to be 
<laughs> overwhelming, you know, trying to figure it all out as well as, um, you know, deal with the newborns and things like that. Yeah, it 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 it, it is it is tricky. It's not you know. It's, I'm watching my son and and and, and my daughter-in-law try to maneuver and manipulate their lives right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm watching it play out again. You know. <laughs> right. Exactly. This time I'm looking at it from the outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, but they have you, looking... but you, but you can offer them. What? You know, you can offer them advice. No, well, no, I offer them help. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I mean, I wanted to say help, but I didn't want to, you know, put that on you. No, I, mean, I, offer, I offer them help where I can cook, where I can cook a meal to help them because, you know, a little per- a new little person doesn't come with any instructions and they're demanding when you're <laughs> breastfeeding. There, 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 is, there is no sleep. Right. They're sleep deprived right now, so I cook a meal. If I cook a meal and my husband drops it off, you know, yeah, that's one less task they have to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. But, but those are those are the things that that require. It's like when I come home from the set, you know, for, for, you know, dinner for my kid and dinner for my family, all all of that stuff. It, it, it's it's a continuous. It's a continuous juggle. You know, it's a it's a continuous juggle. It's it's like trying to find that that balance and then on Sunday, you know you probably have to meal prep, you know? Yeah. To to figure out the week. It it means literally sitting down with a pen and paper and a calendar and figuring it out. Mhm. <laughs> that I mean, that's what it comes yep. down to. Yeah, you have to plan. That's what it comes down being organized. You know, being organized. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have any organization, it's so difficult. It's so freaking difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough right there. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about it, overwhelmed. <laughs> it's, it's really good info, though. Really good info. I think it'll it'll help somebody for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I know. I know because that that's the what I didn't hear. What did you mm-hmm. say? No, I was gonna say just I a little didn't... FYI. We gave a plug for your um your book at you know we speak to a group of um young uh, PA wannabes every year, and we gave a plug for your book again. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, very, thank you very much. Yeah. No, you know, the industry is changing so much. I mean, I don't even know where we're going right now um, and stuff, but but it, it's, it, it's still a place where if you plan it out properly, and you try to get the most out of it as opposed to letting it get the most out of you. Mm-hmm. It's so doable and so workable. You know, I watch you guys, and you guys have learned how to, to balance and take vacations, and sometimes you just can't take every job. That's right. Well, you learn how to space it out in between jobs. 
or mm-hmm. you plan to you do jobs for five years, and then you know what I mean. You just have to plan it out. Yeah, I mean this this last um, job that we were doing, we were offered um, another job um, from you know same producers, and we turned it down because we knew we had family, you know, obligations that were coming up. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, I probably could have done the job, but it was like, you know, the last day of the job was like the day before our niece graduates. And, you know, we turned mm-hmm. the job down. And so many people from the production, even down to PAs, continuously asked us, probably up to the day we left, that we finished the show, if we would do the job. <laughs> and we kept saying no, because it's like, I'm not going to miss, you know, something as important as a graduation for a show. That's a milestone in her life that you're not going to get back. That's right. And I'm not missing it. But that's, but again, it's all about priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And the people are all about priorities. Some people are probably thinking, well, like, gosh, you know, this, this, Strikes coming up and all this, and you know you're gonna turn down money. Yeah, I am. I don't care nothing about that strike. It's all about priorities. It's it's and 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 that that really is the key. Yeah, the priorities in your life as you get older and the longer you've been in this industry, they tend to shift. Yeah, and not just that. It's so hard to reset yourself mind, body, and soul when you're on these shows. And it's like, you know, when you finish a show, it's like, oh, my God, now I got to start working out again. Now I got to do, I got to start sleeping better. Now I have to start eating better. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm just not doing it. Um, My days of back to back to back are probably over. Because you know what? Because I learned when you start a show, your life stops where you started that show. Everybody else is yep. in your life, their lives continue. Yes, sir. You have to now go back to where you were to catch up yep. with where they've been. Yep. Mm-hmm. It comes at a hefty price sometimes. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. It does. So 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 you you have you have to Give yourself that chance, like you said, a reprieve so that you can rebuild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you're completely, you're starting the next show depleted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And when you do that, you're really in trouble. You are really in yes. trouble. Yes. It's called burnout. Mm-hmm. When and you do that, you hit burnout. You mm-hmm. hit burnout. Because you are so depleted, you have nothing to give a show. Yep. And and what's the point? And when you're like that, then you risk not getting another show. Yes. You know? True words have never been spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yep. Oof. Denise and Janice, I look. I open my closet under my stairs, and I've got this 
fiber-built trunk. And I stood there for 15 minutes looking at that trunk going, how did I do this? <laughs> how did I move that six-draw fiber-built trunk with its five wheels around like that? <laughs> no wonder my wow. shoulder, no wonder my body parts given out. How mm-hmm. did I do that? How did I lift that thing into my car? How did I travel with that thing? In and out, in and out, up and down, up and down. How did I look at that today? Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. How did I do it? I don't even know how. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So regroup, rebuild, mm-hmm. replenish, mind, sure. body, and soul. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let this business take you out. Yeah, I hope somebody listening learned something, even one little nuance from our conversation tonight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have to be strong enough to say no. Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself first. And you know what, Denise? You don't need a reason to say no. I just don't. You don't. Do it. That's it. Absolutely, you don't need a reason. You don't need a reason. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to. Yep. No is a complete sentence. <laughs> exactly. Especially with an exclamation. <laughs> it is a complete sentence. No. <laughs> exclamation point. Full mm-hmm. stop. Period. Yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, this My has been a great, great, great conversation. No, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. My mind is my mind is blown tonight. Yes, we we didn't want to interrupt your Mother's Day with this conversation, so it was best that we had it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow! How appropriate. But this was good. Wow! 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 This was good. I think it's needed. Sometimes it's not so always about makeup and how to do stuff and products and and all that, sometimes you just need to really hear the real stories about what it's actually like. Yeah. Well, I I look back and I go, how did I juggle? How did I do this with my kid? How? I had help. I asked him if I needed help. Yeah. I I flew the nanny from New York. Yeah, I flew from New York because I I needed somebody in my house that I could trust. Her mm-hmm. her aunt was our, was my nanny in Barbados. Oh okay. Yep. She she was because my mom was working, and my dad was in America. So, yeah. You need the help. 
You need the help. You need the help. You need the help. Yeah. Yeah. That you do. That you do. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys for having me. I always love being on your show. I'm leaving this show with tears in my eyes. I actually am. Aww. Yeah, I am. It was just very. Well, we knew you would be the the person to call because, you know, you've had such a long career. And again, you started your career before you were married, before you had a child. So we knew there would be some good information, you know, that you could share. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been blessed, you know. Yeah. I, I've been blessed. I, I, I've been blessed. You know, a lot of great memories and stuff. That's what we create when we work, you know. And, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and at this stage of my life, at this age, you know, if I can pass on anything to people who are now getting started or who are in the throes of their careers now or, you know, whatever, any little bit of information that you can learn from, you know, Two ways to learn through your own experiences yeah. or through somebody else's. So right, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, you guys. Are you guys in Baltimore now? Uh, no, we Not are yet. in Atlanta. So oh, okay, you guys travel safely and enjoy your niece's graduation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a Don't good night. Don't miss those milestones in life, you know. Yes, exactly. That's right. Yes. There's no recreating them. No, not at all. Nope, nope, nope. Not at all. We'll never have another first day of school, ever. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You know, so don't miss those milestones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, tell everyone we said hello. Hug the new baby um, for us. I know you will. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. You guys have a blessed evening. You, you too. too. Thank you, Marietta. I'm just gonna go have a cup. Of, I'm gonna go have a cup of tea. Yes, that would I be need nice. a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one. Love you guys. All right. All love right. You too. Have a good love night. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was a wonderful show. If you know mothers information. who are hair and makeup artists. Spread the word. Have them check the show out. It'll be some great information yeah. for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's our show, you guys. Thank you so much for um, spending the extra time with us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to those who will listen to this on the um, on the playback. We greatly appreciate that. And stay tuned. Yeah. I believe next week is... Um, Marva Stokes? Oh, no. Marva Stokes. I couldn't think of Marva's last name. We have Marva Stokes. <clears throat> um, she'll be on Hairstylist. She'll be on with us 
um, next week. Marva, um, she's worked on Black Panther 2. Um, she also worked on a Marvel, a Marvel project um, that we worked on as well, but um, she's also doing a lot of work with um, Dominic Thorne. Dominique Thorne, thank you very much. You know, <laughs> once you start working on the show, you just forget everybody's name. <laughs> so sad. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so she'll be on with us next Sunday night at 9 p.m. So until All then, right. we will uh, chat with you guys um, next Sunday night. Have a great All evening, right. everyone, and have have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night. Good night. O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.